Maitre Misra is a founding member of Project 39A, an initiative under the National Law University, Delhi, which produces rigorous research on the death penalty in India. She joins us today to discuss death wording, Project 39A's recent report, which provides a mental health perspective on the death penalty. In their own words, the report provides a longitudinal view of the life of death row prisoners from their childhood to their lives on death row. This is the first such report that places the people facing the death penalty center stage. Maitre, thank you very much for joining us today to speak about the findings of the report. Thank you so much, Daniel, for uh, inviting me over and thank you so much for to the uh, Oxford Human Rights Hub for uh, engaging with us on the report. So for those of our listeners who are not acutely familiar with Project 39A, could you give us an insight into your research methodology and some of your previous work? Sure. Um, so like you said, Project 39A is a research center at uh, National Law University, Delhi. Uh, but we also do legal aid work and represent uh, death row prisoners, as well as uh, under trial prisoners in certain parts of the country. Our research uh, areas focus on the death penalty, but also mental health, forensics, torture, and legal aid. Um, as far as the death penalty is concerned, we've consistently produced research uh, unraveling the workings of the death penalty in the country, demystifying the death penalty. And a first big piece of research, uh, our foundational work was the Death Penalty India report, uh, which was released in 2016, which looked at the socioeconomic demography of death row prisoners um, and how that affects their interaction with the criminal justice system. And uh, building on that and taking uh, the findings a step further, Deathworthy is an attempt to understand what the experience of that socioeconomic demography that is mostly poor, uh, backward castes, lower castes, scheduled tribes, uh, people, what the experience of such socioeconomic circumstances may mean for their children, that is when they were growing up, and how does being on death row affect their mental health? Essentially, to understand from a mental health lens who these people are. And that actually perfectly brings me to my next question, which is, what was the impetus behind focusing this report on the mental health of these inmates? Right. So death penalty jurisprudence in India has, in fact, got quite a few aspects of mental health in it. Uh, so, for instance, if I were to start from the very beginning, that is when uh, death penalty sentencing takes place, uh, judges are meant to look at uh, what we call mitigating factors pertaining to the prisoner. They are meant to look at the emotional and mental state of the prisoner at the time of offense, whether there was any mental defect, uh, socioeconomic factors, uh, probability of reformation, age. The other part where uh, mental health again comes uh, into the picture is when in 2014, uh, the Supreme Court had held that uh, insanity uh, is a supervening circumstance warranting commutation. And, and the other very, very progressive humane jurisprudence that India has on the death penalty, um, although a little bit uh, confusing, uh, is on how when a person is awaiting a decision by the president on their mercy petition, 
uh, the mental and emotional agony during that wait uh, can lead to a reduced sentence after the mercy is rejected. Um, so there, there are mental health aspects which are currently there within the death penalties. And this report uses that to both clarify certain principles, but also fill in certain gaps in death penalty jurisprudence, such as that on um, intellectual disability. So Deathworthy is the culmination of five years of research, and it is a momentous piece of work that is undoubtedly difficult to summarize in such a short format. But if I asked you to highlight some of the key findings, what would come to mind? The report is a combination of quantitative and qualitative uh, data. Uh, and I'm going to first focus on the quantitative uh, bit. Uh, so one of the main findings of the report is that 62.2% uh, of the prisoners that we interviewed uh, had at least one mental illness. In, in the community population, that figure is close to 9 to 10%. Another very startling finding was uh, nine out of the 83 death row prisoners for whom we could do an assessment had intellectual disability. And that is very, very worrying because of these nine prisoners, three prisoners had had their mercy petitions rejected by the president and their disab disability had never been brought to the notice of the court. Uh, another important finding that we had was uh, the number of adversities that the prisoners have gone through as children. Uh, so we found, for instance, that 73 children had been exposed to three or more adverse childhood experiences. And this becomes important because these experiences are social determinants for both violence later in life as well as uh, poor mental health later in life. Qualitatively, of, of course, one of the things that we tried to do was to understand the mental health impact of being sentenced to death. Um, and when the Supreme Court talks about mental and emotional agony of being sentenced to death, of, of living with the uncertainty of death, what does that mean for the prisoners themselves? Um, and, and what we found was that the mental and emotional agony of what we call as pains of death row uh, begins from the very moment of being sentenced to death. So it's very much agony arising out of the punishment and nothing that it's not the waiting for death. It's being told death worthy that is creating and instigating this whole crisis that we have before us. And perhaps just to wrap up, more than 40 years ago now in uh, Bachan Singh, the Supreme Court of India held that the abolition of the death penalty is a question that should be decided by quote unquote the will of the people. As somebody who has worked on the death penalty in India for many years now, how has the political climate evolved in this time? Do you think there are prospects for people taking up this call for abolition, especially with new information such as that in Deathworthy emerging? Right. So in the last few years, uh, there has been more and more um, calls for harsher punishments, including the death penalty, even for non-homicide offenses. The political will, I think, is for the death penalty to expand. I think it's being touted as, and wrongly touted as, the solution to a lot of problems that are socially addressed rather than criminally. And I think 
and while it would be great if it the the will of the people as represented by our parliament uh, abolished the death penalty i don't think we are anywhere close to the parliament abolishing it at all what we have however seen is that while there may be an increase in both the calls for the death penalty its prescription um we know that by the time the judicial journey of a death penalty case is over a large percentage of them are either acquitted or they get commuted so for instance we found that of the 88 prisoners we uh, interviewed at the time of the report release uh, which was this october uh, 60% had either been acquitted or commuted so we know that the higher judiciary is being more circumspect in inflicting the death penalty than the trial courts and the parliament in prescribing the death penalty uh, that trend is quite clear has been clear even in our uh, from our first uh, death penalty india report uh, so th- there is a certain inherent tension within the judiciary and also how the public is perceiving how the parliament is perceiving the effectiveness of the death penalty and how the higher judiciary is looking at its relevance its uh, imposition in individual cases my trey thank you so much for joining me today thank you thank you so much daniel thank you for this opportunity